Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a football podcast with Safed Dean. Then I need I need some help over here. You got me with Baker Mayfield one shoulder right here. Tyler Dragon. This is a Howard Polo. Excuse me, Josina. <laughs> and Josina Anderson. Lord have mercy. All right, uh, we have reached the Usain Bolt portion of the podcast, and so now we are moving along. Each week, our USA Today Sports Plus Insiders talk axes analyze O's and bring you behind the scenes exclusive entertaining insightful because they know football but what's it called yes a football podcast all right guys the nfl trade deadline has passed uh deshaun watson is still with the houston texans not the miami dolphins Odell Beckham Jr. is still with the Cleveland Browns, although LeBron James wants him out of Cleveland. And there's a really big injury. Derrick Henry's uh, foot that uh, could really end uh, Tennessee's title hopes um, so far this season. But I want to talk about the biggest trade, Tyler and Josina, that happened before the trade deadline. And that was Von Miller going to the Los Angeles Rams. He already won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. And the Rams are pushing all their chips at the table, and they're going all in uh, this season. Uh, Tyler, what, what are your first impressions of the trade, man? Yeah, well, first of all, we all know the Rams uh, have no regard for draft picks. <laughs> they are going <laughs> for it right now. They don't care about second round, third round. First, they don't really give two cents about the draft picks, and they are going for it. And I was on the radio today, and I told – um, the Los Angeles radio that the Rams, you know, they're in LA and that's the land of stars. That's the land of superstars. You have a Lakers team who just won the championship two years ago. You have a Dodgers team who just won the World Series not too long ago. The NFL teams, they're trying to build a fan base, trying to uh, solidify a reputation and a, create a winning culture. The Rams haven't won in Los Angeles. The Chargers haven't won in Los Angeles. So they need star power to join that team and they have it on defense i mean pairing von miller up with aaron donald jalen ramsey leonard floyd that is a lot of really good talent on the defensive end now are does that put them over the top i'm still not sold yet you know we already saw the arizona cardinals beat the rams earlier this season the green bay packers are still looking good even though they rested on their loyals during the trade deadline and we can't forget about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions. But I am impressed with what the Rams are doing. They made a statement right before the deadline that they are going for it this year, and they're going all in. Well, uh, I think that this is definitely a scary defense when you're talking about the combination of Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Von Miller, and no, no, no less going up against 
the Titans who have another uh, new player in Adrian Peterson. So I think that'll be a, a fun. And and then on top of that, it's prime time, you know, to kind of see how this combination works right away. Uh, even though Adrian Peterson is signed to the practice squad, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that that's not going to stay, you know, that way for uh, the longest, even though I have not specifically asked him that. But, you know, you're bringing him in there to um, – account for the 900 plus rushing yards that you're losing with uh, Derrick Henry, as far as the, you know, production leading the league with that 10 rushing touchdowns. But even though a lot of people say a lot of things about Adrian Peterson in his age, or whatever, he's still coming off 600 plus yards, you know, for the Lions. And even when uh, people were saying he was too old and before he joined the Washington football team and they were looking at Darlene Darko, they were looking at Jamal Charles. He still came out there and banged out a thousand plus, you know, out of his sleep. So Adrian, Peterson. He owns a gym in Houston. He keeps his body in shape. And at the end of the day, if you were going to have a running back injury this season, this was the this was the good season to have it. You had Latavius Murray available. You had you know uh, Devontae Freeman. You had uh, Le'Veon. You had uh, Adrian Peterson. So um, this was definitely the year if you were going to go down at that position. <laughs> Josina, I want you to know we we have a we have a nice little button we can press. Uh, but you got to share us the story that you had. Uh, when you asked Adrian Peterson what what he thought about playing the uh, playing the Rams out of the first week, um, you know that he oh, signed with when, the Oh yeah, when I asked him, you know, uh, what did you think about um, the fact that you were playing, um, you know, the Rams out the gate? He he said she, and I'll just say she without the end consonant <laughs> to keep that okay for USA Today's <laughs> audience. <laughs> And I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, you know, going back to the Rams, guys, I think, you know, like Tyler said, um, the Rams do not give a damn about draft picks. And that's really great to see because I think teams can really over, you know, over uh, value what draft picks could mean in the long run. Um, you know, you, and we guys mentioned, you know, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller now to that mix. That pass rush, I mean, I wouldn't want to be a quarterback going up against that Rams defense. And I think the way you look at the Rams on the other side of the ball with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup playing out of his mind, right? Robert Woods can still be, you know, a 10 reception guy if you feed him the rock too. Van Jefferson is a really good player out of UF, go Gators. Um, I think the Rams have all the pieces this season. I really do. They have to get healthy again. Um, they have to stay healthy, especially at running back. Daryl Henderson's playing really well. Um, you know, I know they lost Cam Akers earlier this season, but hoping Sony Michelle could be a good backup for them too. The Rams have a lot of pieces in place, and I think they could contend with the Bucks, like you said, Tyler, with, uh, you know, the rest of the teams in that NFC mix this season. Yeah, that NFC West, that might be the best division in football. You have the Cardinals at 7-1. You have the Rams right there. Don't sleep on the 49ers. I think they're starting to gain their stride. And when Russell Wilson comes back, they might be able to make some noise. Maybe not, though. But when <laughs> oh. Russell Wilson, we know that he might be the best quarterback in the division. So he might, you know, play spoiler towards the end of the year. Um, I don't know. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know, he has to get back onto the field and it takes time after you take the pin out to even just get the mobility back in the finger. Um, you know, I was just talking to a Seahawks source earlier today where they were saying, you know, they probably wanted at least so far two out wins out of Geno Smith. They have one out of two so far, but it, it's definitely going to be, you know, difficult to, I would say get back in rhythm in that in that division when you're looking at the fact that you have the the Rams who are um, likely going to take it. So, 
And, and, and no, no, no respect for the Cardinals. Um, Likely going to take it. Well, wow. I mean, listen, um, you know, you you still have to, um, you know, Kyler Murray is is a is a great quarterback, and he's a he's a great you know athlete. But once you get towards the end or towards the end of the regular season, and it's like the pressure is really on, and and you know that's when you have to really show a different level of, you know, leadership and the ability to keep things together in those critical moments or third and got to have it fourth and got to have it. Um, And even though Matt Stafford is coming from the Detroit lions at the end of the day, you know, he has that experience. And um, I don't know if you're going to put those two teams up, you know, together as far as who you think is going to end up, um, you know, being the leader out of that uh, division even in the postseason or who would go forward or who would go the furthest rather, who would you say, Tyler? I don't know. I'm thinking about putting another steak dinner on the NFC West division winner. I get what you are saying. The Rams, they do have more veteran leadership in that team and more experience. So you would trust them a little bit more as opposed to a young Cardinals team who's really have been playing over their heads this season and uh, exceeding expectations. But I, I don't want to sleep on the Cardinals because they look really good at SoFi Stadium when they beat the Rams. Oh, down. not sleeping, so, just I, saying in comparison to the two. You know, that back that back stretch is when it's really not just about the talent, but also about, you know, other things that you need to, you know, stay on track. Um, whether it's, you know, uh, being your ability to handle pressure, leadership, experience, all those other things, you know, do come into play when you got to have it. So, you know, and I would add to the Cardinals, too, Tyler, you were at the game, uh, the Thursday night football game where the Packers pulled one out. And I thought, um, you know, that last play of the game might have, you know, changed the Cardinals trajectory a little bit this season. Um, you know, the Packers had some troubles in the end zone. Arizona looked like they were going to walk away with the victory. And sure enough, A.J., Green is running his route and doesn't turn around for the football, which would have been a touchdown and a win for the Cardinals that game. You know, they would have went 8-0. You look at that play, you know, Kyler Murray hurts his ankle a couple, you know, plays before that. Um, you know, he's, you know, could be dealing with that injury for at least the next couple of weeks here. Uh, we honestly don't even know if he's going to play this week, you know, coming up. So um, I looked at that as a real, you know, kind of defining point so far in the Cardinal season. Instead of going 8-0, you take your first loss, you lose to the Packers. The Packers take the, take the first seed in the NFC playoff race. And you don't know how much longer that ankle injury is going to bother Kyler Murray. He looked really distraught after the game, kind of walking off. Like he knew he was kind of hurt a little bit more than just, you know, a regular ankle twist. Um, but I'm interested to see how this all shakes out. And we also, you know, the Bucks, Bucks lost to the Saints last week, their first loss in a couple games as well. Um, a chance for them to kind of take a, 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 a jump up in the standings. And, um, you know, Tom Brady throws a pick six in that game that, that made it decisive, too. So we got a lot of football left, guys. We got a lot of football left. The Rams made the biggest trade of the day, uh, trade deadline, um, you know, to get Von Miller. But there's a lot of football left this season for a lot of those teams in that side of the uh, other division. Tyler wrote about this interesting subject that I found. It kind of sounded like a cry for help, Tyler and Josine. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is trying to get out of Cleveland and unfortunately for him, he's still there after the trade deadline. LeBron James tweeting out in favor of Odell Beckham Jr., free OBJ. And then you also had Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad uh, posting videos of instances in the last couple of games where Baker Mayfield has not thrown the football 
his son's way. Um, the most puzzling wide receiver quarterback duo in the NFL, Tyler. Um, what was your take on LeBron James <laughs> reaching out and trying to send the bat signal out there for OBJ on the trade before the trade deadline? Well, first of all, Odell Beckham Jr. and LeBron James are boys. Uh, we've seen them party together on Instagram. They, they communicate. Um, I won't say regularly, but they do communicate. And I do have to say this. I heard from multiple sources that Odell Beckham really wants out of Cleveland. And he does not really, he's not really fond of Baker Mayfield. He, he won't say anything because of his, you know, reputation doesn't want to be a bad teammate. Josita knows I'm right right now. I'm just he, listening. But he doesn't want to say he doesn't want to say anything because he wants to still be, you know, a model teammate and, you know, keep that locker room in place. But his relationship with Baker Mayfield is fractured and he doesn't really believe that he is going to be in Cleveland for the long haul. He doesn't want to be in Cleveland for the long haul. So he didn't get his wish and getting traded at the trade deadline. He's not going to make a, a commotion. I know Josina knows that's why she's smirking. He's, she's not, he's not going to make a commotion out of everything. Crackers, so but just... he, he, he's, he's quiet behind the scenes telling people that this is going to be his last season in Cleveland. And I would bet a lot of money that at the end of the season, he will no longer be a Cleveland Brown because they're going to part ways. He does not want to play with Baker Mayfield anymore. And he wants out of Cleveland. I heard that from multiple sources. Mm. And that kind of plays into the things that, you know, we saw today, Tyler, with LeBron James sending the back signal, right? Tweeting out in favor of Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and, you know, obviously when the best player in all of sports, I would say, right? Uh, is tweeting out in favor of a star receiver in the city that said player is from. Um, I, I think that's a pretty big deal. And this is coming after the fact that Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad was on social media posting videos of um, instances where Baker Mayfield could have thrown the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. And the music on that video was hilarious. <laughs> Did you listen to the music? That was the best part about the video. It was hilarious. We got to play that music in the background. It almost reminded me of like, you know, the meme, the Titanic music in the back. Mm. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. But keep it sorry, Sal. I just had to Wait, y'all talking about the music in the background of the video uh, that Odell Beckham Jr.'s? That his dad posted. Yeah. His dad well, posted, reposted. Yeah. That video was on YouTube. It's been on YouTube. Um, but yes, reposted. It's obvious that there is, uh, you know, frustration. Um, I think I'm very surprised that, um, you know, it. I can't even imagine, like, just think about that, right? In this last game that it, o Odell Beckham Jr. had one target. <laughs> one target. That is a lot of running on the field to be a, a decoy for others, to be, you know, out there and have one target. And so what is the explanation for that? <laughs> I mean, so... And if you think if you think about the injuries that Odell has worked his way back from, you know, from the ACL, everything in the offseason, working back from, you know, the grade three AC sprain that he currently has in his shoulder playing hurt. And, and not that he's singular in that Jarvis is doing that. Plenty of players, you know, have been playing hurt. Matter of fact, that's Kevin Stefanski's mantra. But even if you just go to the microcosm, the, the sample, the small 
sample size of the Steelers game. One target the entire game when it's like you already knew that things were sensitive, right? <laughs> and it's one target. Now, now, granted, he did go 10 times to Jarvis and, and Jarvis only caught five of those, you know, and, and what have you. And there are instances where it's not Baker Mayfield's fault. Listen, I was the reporter that was in Cleveland when they had the draft, when Baker was drafted. And I, I think I was like maybe one of two people who were saying um, that Baker was going to be, you know, the first pick when people didn't, think that Baker was going to be the first pick. And I agreed that he should have been the first pick even at the time, although obviously Lamar has done his thing. Was Josh Allen in that same group, Josh Allen? Yeah, okay. So both of them have done their thing. But, you know, I I like Baker's swagger and what have you. There there are a lot of things that I like about Baker, and you have to give him his credit for where the uh, Browns were prior to him and, and where they are now. But that whole thing with that misconnection with OBJ, um, it, it, it gotta be resolved. I don't know if Andrew Barry got to put both of them in the room tomorrow and close the door, take the key away. And, and, and I know they've already talked and it's been talking and a lot of talking and it's still where it is, but now they're still there. And I wish I could add some more things to this conversation, um, with regards to certain things, but it, 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 like it, it got to get resolved in the next 24 hours. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it got to get resolved. Yeah. I look at the, I, I look at the Browns and just an on-field perspective, you know, they are four and four right now. They are last place in their division. Um, you know, we talked about the NFC West earlier. I think the Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns, I think three teams could come from the AFC North and the playoff race this year. And for the Browns to be last place right now after eight weeks um, with Odell Beckham, just getting a target, them losing to the Steelers 15 and 10 um, at home last week. And now they're going to have to go play um, in Cincinnati, Battle of Ohio. Tyler and I will be there this week. Um, you know, the Bengals, I mean, excuse me, the Browns really have to figure this out. Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham, they have to sit down and figure out, um, you know, it, it, it's literally, why can't we be friends? You know, they got to start singing that song and have a little kumbaya with each other. And Justine is singing with us. It's a football my podcast God. after yeah. dark. Hey, the dilemma that the Browns find themselves in, though, their recipe for success is running the football. So they're going to give Nick Chubb the football 20-some times a game and then play off that, use the play-action pass. But the play-action passes are going to Jarvis Landry and all the other receivers. And, and, and Baker Mayfield's defense, and some of those clips, Odell wasn't open. It would have been a tight throw. And we know Baker Mayfield doesn't like throwing into tight windows every now and then. Now, there was a lot of clips where Odell Beckham was wide open, and everybody on this podcast could have delivered the football to him. So it's – I, it's a messy situation, and from what I've heard, it's going to end at the end of the season, and they're going to part ways. All right, guys, we spoke about Adrian Peterson a little bit earlier today, and I, I wanted to dive in a little bit more on Derrick Henry's foot injury. Um, sustained a right foot injury against the Colts last week. Um, going to have surgery out six to ten weeks. Um, so it's looking like the rest of the season, Derrick Henry could be out. Uh, Titans coach Mark v- Mark Vrabel, excuse me, um, seemed pretty optimistic that Henry could come back. Said if there was anybody that could come back from this injury, it'd be Derrick Henry. But uh, Tyler Josina, nobody 
nobody runs the football more than the Titans. Nobody runs the football more than Derrick Henry. Uh, the workload has caught up with him, and the Titans have lost their leading rusher. And as I wrote on USA Today Sports Plus, Tyler, uh, the, the little championship window the Titans may have had after beating the Chiefs, after beating the Bills earlier this season, slam shut. I think the Tennessee Titans are done. Tyler, what do you think, man? Yeah, they probably weren't going to go to the Super Bowl with a healthy Derrick Henry. But yes, I do agree with you. Their Super Bowl chances are slam shut. He's responsible for over 79% of Tennessee's rushing yards. And he has, what, 937 rushing yards right now? Th- over 300 more than anybody else in the, in the NFL. That is amazing. And it's a tremendous blow for the entire Tennessee Titans organization. Uh, we spoke on uh, Adrian Peterson earlier. I still believe he has something left in the tank. With all due respect with him, he's a future Hall of Famer, but he's no Derrick Henry at this stage of his NFL career. It's a tremendous loss for Tennessee. But they gave Ryan Tannehill a lot of money. And he has some playmakers on the outside, so he needs to earn that contract too. I do have to put him on notice. They gave him a lot of money. They gave him an extension. He needs to earn his contract now. Yeah, well, you know why they gave it to him? Because Derrick Henry was in the backfield running Because he's going to hand it off to Derrick Henry. I mean, <laughs> yes. we, we can do that. Yes. I mean, pay me $100 million to hand off to Derrick Henry. Exactly. Yeah. Look, Derrick Henry well, is the I only got no faith the, that uh, the Titans can modify things and uh, change their offense. Now, I do agree that, you know, that they were uh, relying on Derrick Henry way too much. The tread on the bottom of Derrick Henry's foot has worn down and has caught up with them. You know, at, at some point, that was going, I mean, goodness gracious. And um, even if not just to prepare for the transition, it's just the event that he he did go down. But um, I think that Adrian Peterson will uh, do a, a solid job filling in for Derrick Henry. Um, I'm not going to, you know, completely write them off, but it really, to me, um, I will. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> listen, the onus falls on the, the, the Titans offensive coordinator yeah. and the head coach to quickly uh, make some modifications to their system um, so that um, they can keep their playoff hopes, on, especially now when the defense has just started to really started to uh, find their stride. Yeah, I look at Derrick Henry and, and Tyler, you mentioned some of his stats earlier. Ten rushing touchdowns. The next player um, who has eight touchdowns is uh, James Conner with the Cardinals. Uh, 937 rushing yards. Next leading rusher is Nick Chubb at 587, so almost 400 yards, 350-ish. Um, 219 carries for Derrick Henry so far this year, leading rusher in the league with that. Next up is uh, Joe Mixon with the Bengals, who has 137. So um, definitely there's a lot of tread on Derrick Henry's tires, like we all mentioned. Um, the foot injury, the stretch fracture, it was something that was just going to happen because of the workload. And I look at the Titans, I said, if, you know, if, if, if the Titans know they're going to run this offense, they probably should have, you know, adequately supplemented their running back room a little bit more before, you know, having Adrian Peterson in tow here. But like you said, Tyler, this is going to be a big, big onus on Ryan Tannehill with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the outside. Josina, like you mentioned, the Tennessee coaches as well. Um, everybody's going to have to put it together now, especially with how that defense played the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I was just looking at the stats. Derrick Henry's rushed um, 1,401 times throughout his career, far more than anybody else in that span. And then counting college, 
Nick Saban was getting him the ball too. <laughs> so you count that. And in high school, he was just getting the ball every single play. So he has a whole lot of miles in that body. He could he can handle it, but you know, you just feel for him now. Uh, and save that, that stat again. What you said it was what? He's rushed for. 1,400 – he had – no, sorry. He has 1,401 rushing attempts in the NFL, and he has 602 rushing attempts when he was at Alabama at college football. And so you said so that that's the rushing, most attempts during his span in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I, I look at that, and, and that's simply a product of the Titans giving the football to their best player, right? You could share, you could share those those snaps with another running back, they probably wouldn't be as productive. You can give a couple more snaps to Ryan Tannehill. He probably wouldn't be as productive if Derrick Henry was too. So um, this is an entire team built around one player. And um, I don't know, Tyler, I, I the way they beat the Bills, they look like a playoff contender, um, even for the Super Bowl, because if anybody is going to be uh, ran over by Derrick Henry, you know, if you're being run over by Derrick Henry, there's no stopping that. You know, I don't think any other team could have stopped Derrick Henry Did you just you know, straight up like that. Oh, <laughs> did, did we all freeze here? Yeah, I was freeze? like, wait, what just yeah, happened? Was that like bit. a dramatic, like, oh, okay. <laughs> an understatement? We, we all froze for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I th- you guys all froze for me too, and then I heard, "Did you?" I was like, "What was that, yo?" <laughs> Safa got the bootleg internet now. Uh, I don't know. You guys are all blurry. Tyler, you're the only one that's blurry for me right now. Wow. Everybody, Everybody else is in HD. Crisp 1080p in the side. So for the record, producer note here, we are shooting at 10 p.m. Eastern, Tyler's 7 p.m. on the West Coast. He's not bringing enough energy for me and Josina right now. So we're, we're having – it's a football podcast after dark. We're all a little loopy after the trade deadline. My audio and my Wi-Fi seems to be I'm going crazy. I'm not bringing the energy. You're the one freezing I'm, up, and I'm not bringing the energy. I, Tyler, we need we need something. I need I need some help over here. You got me with Baker Mayfield with one shoulder right here. Wow. <laughs> You trying to say Tyler doing a podcast in his onesie? <laughs> whoa, whoa, who's wearing no, a onesie? This, this, this is a, a onesie. This is a Howard polo. Excuse me, Josina. Josina, pull out your bagel sweater, girl. I know. Pull well, out no, your. You're not talking. Josina has a like NFL Super Bowl, Super Bowl swag from Phoenix. That's like five years old, but it's okay. I said, I said, I sweater still, Tyler. <laughs> you know I have the same sweater too. I do have the same mm-hmm. sweater. It's so. a nice one. I wear it, it all the time. It, it, it is nice. All right, guys. The biggest noise ahead of the trade deadline was coming out of Houston and Deshaun Watson. And sure enough, like Josina Anderson reported, um, like most of us kind of hinted to with his off-field uh, civil lawsuits and criminal complaints, um, he's still with the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson is. He's not a Miami Dolphin. So Watonga Bailoa is still the Miami Dolphins quarterback for now. Um, but guys, uh, and Josina specifically, you know, this trade did not go through, obviously. Um, can you take us down to, I guess, the waning moments Tuesday before everybody kind of, kind of, uh, settled down and realized nothing was going to happen on that front? Um, you know, I was hearing back from days ago when I 
kind of even more definitively said, excuse me, on social media that there's a real chance that this was not going to happen. It's because I was just listening to sources all around and I'm listening to their tones. But also when it was just made plain to me through sources that the Texans were just very comfortable with it being the way that it was and him remaining a member of the team and knowing that the trajectory of their season wasn't going to change. And, and when you think about it, it's just five months really from now to the new league year. It's not that big of a deal. And when you got, I know all of us ain't got two commas in our, you know, maybe Tyler does. I don't know. He's hiding money in the Cancun or Cayman Islands or whatever, but I know I ain't got two commas in my salary. So really for Cal McNair, that's chump change, you know, to just whatever. I know it seems like a big deal to us, but it's not to them. But at the end of the day, the Miami Dolphins did not come up to uh, the compensation level. The clarity was not added when it comes to the civil cases and the criminal case investigations when it uh, comes to the criminal side with regards to not even presented in front of the grand jury. And Deshaun Watson was not going to do anything with having to have a non-disclosure attached. Usually that's the other way around in terms of who's asking for NDAs or what have you, but that's what it was in this situation. And so, voila, here we are. But the Houston Texans are, 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 um, betting on the fact that by the time you get to the new league year, that the suitors will still be there. Somebody's going to need a quarterback and somebody's going to bring the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Tyler, this, this trade for Deshaun Watson, um, like Josina mentioned, three first round picks, three other um, picks or players, um, six total assets is what, you know, we reported here at USA Today Sports Plus, but um, that price goes all the way up as soon as Deshaun Watson's legal situation is resolved. And uh, there's some clarity once the new league, once the new league year begins in March, um, and plus Watson has to, you know, present his own case to the jury, um, in February as well. Um, Tyler, wh- where do you think this goes, um, here from, from here on out, man? Well, I agree with everything you two said, but I do feel sorry for your boy Tua Tungavaloa. He's pretty much a lame duck quarterback right now. What, what is this? A nine game tryout for the rest of the year. You have the Dolphins owner speaking to Deshaun Watson, kind of, you know, testing the waters. The team is obviously interested in him, and they're going to be interested in him after the season. And you have Tua sitting there. They haven't done a great job building around him. They don't have a great offensive line. Their skill position players are average at best. They're sitting at one and seven. So he's pretty much a lame duck quarterback. And I don't see that going well for Tua and his confidence going forward, knowing that you have an organization upstairs that doesn't really believe in you. So it's going to be interesting to see where Deshaun Watson la- I mean, lands when his legal situation gets figured out. But I still think the Miami Dolphins, um, they're the front runners to get him. And Tua Tungvaloa is just going to be a lame duck quarterback and looking for a new job next year. Time now for the prediction segment of the football podcast where our two intrepid insiders go head to head with their predictions. We are starting off with Falcons against the Saints. The Falcons are three and four. The Saints are five and two. Still able to get that win even after losing Jameis Winston. Saints trying to decide between their two quarterbacks as far as who will be the starter and Taysom Hill and Trevor Simmon only saying that because Taysom should be coming back from his concussion that he suffered October 10th against the Washington football team and he's a switchblade and Trevor Simmon obviously is a straight up quarterback. Uh, Tyler, I'm going with the Saints on this one. I know, you know, Taysom Hill is already knows that system. He's not so much of a backup quarterback. He could have beat out Jameis Winston, um, but didn't this year. He started, he has some experience. Um, and I think the Saints just as a team 
a lot more well put together than the Falcons are this season, despite, you know, having Matt Ryan, despite having Kyle Pitts, um, you know, beating the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. I, I think the Saints are going to pull this one out against the Falcons, Tyler. You know, the Saints could add Cam Newton. He's a better version of Taysom Hill. But I digress. I digress. The Saints do have a better football team. I think the Mario Davis and that defense is playing very well. And the Falcons, they, they just seem off this season. So I have the Saints uh, winning this game. Okay, so we are moving along to the four and four Browns with all the drama going on right now, uh, going up against the Bengals of five and three, who suffered a very disheartening loss for them against the Jets. Though uh, the week before that, the Bengals had a, a big, big win. So, who you got in this game? I want to shout out Mike White real quick, the Jets quarterback kid from South Florida, one of the first high school football kids I covered down here, getting the win over the number one pick. Tyler's second favorite quarterback from the 2020 class, Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert is first. But uh, how can you how can you pick the Browns right now, guys? I mean, we just talked about it on the podcast, the dysfunction there. Baker Mayfield has one working shoulder. Um, Nick Chubb is going to come back. Um, but I'm, I'm going with the Bengals here. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and company, they got a big game. This is a big game, a big opportunity for them to rebound from that loss against the Jets last week. Um, Battle of Ohio, Tyler, you and I are going to be there. Uh, I'm taking the Bengals. I'm going to rock with your, your Cincinnati Bengals uh, this week, Tyler. I do think the Cleveland Browns are going to rebound in this what? game. And what, they – usually play the Bengals well. The Bengals do make it a football game, but mm -hmm. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to go to Cincinnati and win this game and have a good feeling in their locker room. However, what I said before, Odell Beckham still wants out, and I don't think he's going to catch too many balls in uh, this football game. Tyler, you had a chance to catch me in the standings, man. Uh, this I'm is the catch game you. right here. Yep. This is the game right here, big game right here. It is. The 7-1 Packers going up against the 4-4 four four Chiefs who just pulled it out by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin against the New York Giants. Who's the winner in this one? Tyler, you know what's funny? Last week we spoke about the Packers-Cardinals. We both took the Cardinals. And the first thing I said out of my mouth was, I don't like betting against Aaron Rodgers. And what did I do? I bet against Aaron Rodgers. And what happened? I lost. I lost, Tyler. I could have got another game lead in you in our standings. I'm up two games, by the way. We were two and oh three my, last week again. Go. Two and three, two weeks in a row. Some NFL insiders we are, but I'm going with the Packers here. Um, you know, their offense is clicking on all cylinders. They're going to get Devontae Adams back. And Patrick Mahomes leading the league in interceptions right now. He is playing um, really rushed right now. There's times where he can settle down and make the nice throw. Um, but there's times where he is doing a little bit too much with the football. Um, we They barely got it out against the Giants last week. Um, and uh, I'm really hoping producer Emily has some sound queued up for uh, your pick coming up here, Tyler. Mm. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. Yeah, here it comes. Here it comes, Tyler. Barely got uh, it out. I'm, I'm in a tough situation because I wrote, I wrote down the Packers. But this is the week. Where I'm gonna pick the Chiefs again, but this is the week where I catch you, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and mm. the Packers. I mean, they really impressed me last week in Arizona, beating a previously undefeated Cardinals football team. And the, the way the Chiefs performed against the Giants, the, <laughs> that was an unoppressive win, if to say the least. However, 
I'm gonna pick the Chiefs again. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs again. <laughs> uh, because Lord. because I want to catch you in the picks. I did have the Packers, but I'm picking the Chiefs because I'm gonna catch you this week. I'm calling Tyler, it. this is pretty big. You can go down four games yeah. if this doesn't go your but way. But I'm not. Man. Remember? This is when I put on my this is Usain, when you catch it up? Yeah, Usain Bolt impersonation and I catch you. Yeah, it's week nine. Lord have mercy. All right. Uh, we have reached the Usain Bolt portion of the podcast. And so now we are moving along to the Sunday night game. The Titans with Adrian Peterson, Los Angeles Rams with Von Miller, who's now wearing 40. Who's winning this game, guys? I uh, got the Rams in this one. I think the Titans do not do well um, without Derrick Henry, uh, especially against that defense. Ryan Tannehill's going up against that Rams defense. That just got Von Miller. That that already has Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Um, I'm not going to pick the Titans here. I'm going with the Rams, Tyler. Yeah, we will be foolish to pick the Titans. The Titans are probably going to be shell shocked without with their best player missing for probably the rest of the season. And the Rams, they're playing really good football right now. I am picking the Los Angeles Rams and their new addition, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. It's going to be a tough sledding for that Titans offense. I see. All right. Well, we're moving on to the Monday night game. This is the three and five Bears. Steelers uh, four and three. The Steelers are still trying to hang on, even though they just got rid of Melvin Ingram or allowed him to go rather to the Kansas City Chiefs. So what do you guys think about this Monday night matchup? Uh, Tyler, Justin Fields is doing okay, doing all right, but I'm still happy to see him. Um, be the Chicago Bears starting quarterback here. He had a really nice touchdown scramble against the 49ers last week. Um, but I'm taking the Steelers in this one. I think the Steelers have the one of the best defenses in the NFL, even without Melvin Ingram. Didn't play much for them last, uh, you know, this season before they traded him. Um, Big Ben's still going to have his issues. Um, and I think the Bears defense is, you know, not that good. Um, I'm going with the Steelers in this one, Tyler. Yeah, Justin Fields might be already better than your favorite quarterback. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But oh. I do <laughs> I do have the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this game. I, I, I like how they played against the Cleveland Browns, a gritty win in Cleveland. And I think they're going to carry that momentum and get the win on Sunday. Oh, sorry, Monday, right? Monday. Monday night. Monday night. All right. Well, that was our uh, rendition of this week's predictions. We will see if Tyler will make up any ground against Safed going up against the Chiefs. We don't know, but you have to tune in next week to find out. And you know, we will definitely make our comments one way or the other. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of It's a Football Podcast. You got It's a Football Podcast after dark this week. We're, we're shooting. Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, um, coming up on 11 as we wrap up here. Uh, we got some trade deadline news in for you, um, some talk about the injury state of the NFL as well. Um, continue to download the USA Today Sports Plus app, your destination for all things sports. We want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports Plus, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tyler and Josina, have a great rest of the week. Tyler, I'll see you in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Wow. Since I love Ohio. Travel safely. Have a good one, guys. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder.
just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.